all the way down from religion to what they eat to to everything what they believe in and that's a sad stage of affairs that's why we're so easily managed but I get to questions like that too and to be honest with you I need 25,000 lifetimes to answer them all and that's impossible I don't sit at the computer all day long and far I hardly sit at it at all I really don't like the computer I don't go surfing for anything either I just don't have the time or the inclination. And sure enough, you could have 25,000 lifetimes trying to get all the data that's out there. Most of it's useless. We'll be back with more on this topic after the following messages. Alan Watt, uh, cutting through the matrix. I was, just, I was explaining just before the break uh, what, it, what an individual is. An individual will gather information as to what's pertinent in their own life and make their own decisions and act upon them without harming other people. The problem with the popular opinion is that it's comprised really of people who are not individuals at all. That's why they have popular opinions. And they will tend to want everyone to be the same as themselves, dress the same, look the same, uh, believe in the same things. Even though the fads keep changing, they don't realize that their fads are given to them and uh, the religious changes too, and they just follow suit and follow the mantras that are handed out to them. And they'll almost stone anybody to death that doesn't give the same mantra back to the group, like a password almost. And it used to be the same in Christianity, more so perhaps in the U.S. than other countries, because certain buzzwords like amen, brother, etc., uh, meant you were automatically a Christian, you were accepted as such, even though you could be the top con man and get the top of the evangelical television movement. As, as long as you said the right buzzwords, you were accepted. You could be a real shark, but they wouldn't see that at all. The, the public wouldn't see it, the followers wouldn't see that. They, they like people who are closer to God than themselves. And the proof of it is, is always in how wealthy they become. And that's how they seem to judge it. But it's the same with all the other religions, including the, the New Age religions out there. Uh, the one fad after another, and if they're popular words, they're in words, uh, they're religious terms, which they don't even realize are religious terms. And uh, you, you find the same sort of thing going on inside those particular big groups. Being an individual generally means saying and doing that which is unpopular because popular is for, for the populace, uh, the, the big group. And most of the people belonging to the big group don't really have real opinions of their own. They, they, they get their opinions given to them almost by osmosis, by the media. And that's why if you watch the media after a president or a prime minister speaks, they then bring on the experts to decipher what you heard yourself. And if you listen to either one of them, as I do, or I used to, you can, you can, you'd wonder if they heard the same speech as you. Because one will give you a complete slant on, on the left wing, one will give you a complete other slant on the right wing. And what it's meant for is for, for the public, because the public generally are always split in two, this or that, this or that, up or down, left or right. 
and they're giving you your opinion according to what party you belong to. It's very simple, but it works so well. And these sciences are understood and always have been understood at the top on how you control vast multitudes of people. Adam Weishaupt, who's only one member in one lodge uh, of the Beanen Order, the Order of the Bees, as they called it, of the Illuminati, only one branch because all uh, the Freemasonic uh, lodges were members of the Illuminati. Uh, he, he took the heat, and he, he had big ambitions, and he was taken down for getting too big for his books. But he said, oh, foolish man, what can you not be made to believe? Knowing that even the ones they brought in to this, what was pushed as a religion of elitists and elitism, knowing that the ones at the bottom would be the useful idiots, as they call them. Now, this is confirmed by the writings of Albert Pike, uh, who wrote Morals and Dogma, and he said in his book uh, that those at the bottom of the lodge are really no better than, than the rest of the profane because they don't know any real secrets at that level. And the big secrets are simply how the system really works and how you can use and benefit from the system. And the system is a, a form of predation. It's a predatory system which, which lives off the multitude below. That that's really how this system works. And those that they call the profane, those who are living in the dark, the unenlightened, are there to be used. And you profit from them by using them as a good psychopath should, you see. And that's how the entire system really, really works. The, the problem in society and in, 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 in most societies is we have natural tribal instincts. And this has been proven even with the remnants of some what we call primitive civilizations, meaning those that are not interdependent but are still independent from this system. And they generally will elect a, a, a leader and give them a little bit of reverence, but they don't load them up with riches and, and treat them like some king uh, with a court and uh, feed them the best foods and make them terribly special. They live much like the rest of the public do, uh, they, they live amongst. But the, the trouble with a money system is that money is just a form of taking your labor from you and taxes. That's one of its main reasons that it was put out there in the first place. And then uh, the king or the tribal leader can become king, have a big, big court, and then hire a military to keep you all in line and make sure that his progeny continues the lineages for as long as he wants. Now we have thousands of them to take care of because it's not just kings, queens, and all their cousins, and their, their, their second, third, and fourth, and fifth cousins, and their families, and, and castles, and residences. It's also pretty well worldwide. It boils down to what adds up to millions of bureaucrats, high-level bureaucrats, and their families too. So it's the same predatory system. Uh, run on a scientific basis with the understanding of human nature. And if you understand human nature, you can completely exploit it for your own benefit. And that's what these sciences are based on, exploitation of basic human nature. Because the people, unfortunately, as I say, want to look up to someone uh, that they think is better than themselves. In this system, in the society especially, 
we've we've not been given much in the way of appreciating ourselves and to, and to accept who we are. All of the advertising you'll see on television or in the glossy magazines is aimed at making you unhappy with who you are. Otherwise, commerce would fall flat in its face. If everyone truly had the latest toothbrush and whatever gadget or gizmo is going to make you have the greatest orgasm in your life, no matter what it's supposed to be, and the best car and all the rest of it, if everyone had these things, commerce would stop because we'd all have exactly what we all need, supposedly, to be happy. But if you notice, we keep buying more stuff and more stuff, and we're never happy because you cannot get happy by having things. Simple, very, very simple. But the commercial system is based on making you unhappy with yourself. How you look, how tall or short you are, what age you are, what gender you are, how many spots are on your face. Uh, to get terrified if you have gray hair, utterly paranoid, and on and on it goes. You're exploited. Every part of nature, growing up, maturing, and so on, gender, etc., is completely and utterly exploited for profit purposes, but also to put into every individual uh, that you're not as good as other people. That's why they give you fantasies to look up to. They give you complete fantasies to try and emulate. You cannot emulate a fantasy. You see the top Hollywood stars and starlets. In their own personal life, they are no better off than anyone else. Uh, just look at how many divorces they have, fights, arguments, drug therapies, etc., withdrawal and all the rest of it to see how well they are doing, how much plastic surgery they have to get done to look the way they do. It's astounding. Yeah, that's what they give us to emulate. Fictions. We're given fictions to emulate. The women go for guys with the big jaws and so on and the cheekbones. There are artificial implants they're putting in them now. They're giving us something that's unattainable by nature. Yet people are becoming addicted to this kind of stuff and, and busting their own mortgages and, and taking second and third mortgages and running up their credit cards to always try and look better as they get older. Because in this system, we, the generations have been completely and utterly separated from each other by design. You have very old elderly people, experts in their fields of how the mind works and how society works. Planning, always planning ahead a future where they will manipulate the younger people and make the young people think that they're the only ones who are really alive. Because the younger ones are the easiest to manipulate. They have no life experience. They're going through phases of awkwardness. They're still trying to find their identity. Therefore, you supply them with fiction and fictitious identities. You understand their need to belong, and so you give them the groups to belong to, or the sets, as you used to call them, to belong to. And also, you tell them that anyone who's much older than themselves is irrelevant. That way, there's no intergenerational communication, and wisdom and knowledge is not passed on from older people to younger people. There's no respect really on either side. The older people too have been reared up in one generation and spoiled in one generation. Spoiled so much they forget how their grandparents lived not so 
long ago. On very little. They forget too how family life was not so long ago. They forget that they didn't have to run off to psychotherapists and all kinds of new age substitutes for the mind, for healing of the mind not so long ago. How quickly we forget that not so long ago you couldn't even get a credit card or a bank loan unless you had something physical, some tangible asset that the bank could lean on if it needed to. How things have changed and not for our benefits. Back with more after the following messages. interesting to me that that people don't realize how they're being manipulated. Um, they think that they're getting the news when they, you know, get home from work and turn on the television and watch the program. And I always like to point out to people I speak to, didn't you notice that if you were to flick between any number of stations, that the same story is the same is said the same way. Yeah. The same story is um, put out there the same way, the same kind of spin, if you were, to say spin. And, and that goes with, you know, people like to drag in Fox News as being, you know, the, yeah. the mouthpiece of, of the White House. And I like to say, well, CNN's no different. Nor yeah, they're all the same, exactly, and, and they all get their mainstream news through the API or routers or Reuters. Right. And the Reuters and API are, are combined anyway uh, yeah. to make sure that everyone gets the same news. And that's not only repeated all through the media, the general media, it's all through the newspaper industry as well. Right of down course. to your local newspaper, they just parrot the same stuff. Well, and for people to look into who owns your media in this country, mm-hmm. this country being the United States, it's yep. all owned by the same five corporations that are directly tied to the military and the banking industrial complex. That's right. There's no difference. Yeah, that's completely true. And in fact, it's been disclosed in the past that uh, 
even by the CIA, that they had reporters working in some of the biggest Operation Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And I tell people to look up Operation Mockingbird. This is going back to World War II. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they even have uh, reporters, not just reporters, they have authors. Some, some mainstream authors work for them as well. Mm-hmm. But they haven't missed a trick. And even novelists. I've got exactly. some articles here on sci-fi novelists uh, that are admitting that they do work with the government. I mean, so uh, every thought that we have given to us that, that again, is popular is, okay. is really part of the agenda of indoctrination. And the public haven't a clue uh, because, and to be honest with you, most of the public are too far gone if ever to get a clue. I know, I know. And, and that is, to me, part of the most distressing part. It is. It is because the you're seeing the the, the, the end effects really of a, a scientific indoctrination that started a little before my birth, yeah, and continues to this day. And I'm wondering, you know, how is it that you were so dumbed down? How was it you, you know, you fell for all of this, and I didn't. Yeah, and but they also used uh, inoculations too. Mm. And that was something I clued into eventually. I'd always suspected it, but I didn't want to even believe it myself. But then I came across the writings of, of uh, um, a few different people at the top. But Bertrand Russell was one of the main ones. And yeah, he that, said that, that too, with writing. the use of drugs and the needle, yeah. that they should be able to manage the minds of the public. But you know, Alan, I had those same inoculations, and maybe more so because... I was um, the child of a, of a military man who traveled overseas. Yeah. And somehow I managed to escape those effects. It, mm-hmm. What's interesting, know, so too, you see, all batches of, of inoculations are not the same. And for a lot of the, their, their other employees, they don't want them to be dumbed down too much, too quickly. And perhaps you had a different batch given to you. Uh, for the general public, especially in countries in Europe, like Britain, uh, there's no doubt about it. You had the general inoculations that came from the same bottle. They just use a, a spirit swab and, and take a bit, bit 15 or 20 shots from the same bottle. Uh, or you could have the individual files. The individual files did not contain mercury and other substances, but that was only for the wealthy. And, and that I was not, you know. Um, and we didn't travel to Europe. We traveled to South America, Central America. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, in that in that sense, I may have lucked out. Yeah. On, on that end. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and what I find too is that you follow the the case of uh, autoimmune problems and allergies, mm-hmm. and uh, from the 1950s onwards, mainly with the polio vaccine, they started to 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 begin. That was the first we'd heard about. So, bubble children, that came around in the 60s, that they couldn't get out the bubbles, they had no immune system left. But pretty well everyone in the Western world now has allergies to something, they have a decreased immune system. And when you read back in the the writings of, again, the big boys, they talked about destroying the immune system of the public as well as the intellect. Hang on the line and we'll be back after these messages. Thanks, Alan. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. And we have Deborah from Maryland on the line discussing inoculations and how we've been dumbed down and how we've been conned and how we're directed to our thoughts that are not ours at all, but rather the experts have managed to insert them into our minds. And we don't question as long as everyone else has the same opinions on things from the same sources. That's how we judge our sanity. It takes the rare individual to think outside of the box and risk the wrath of the populace, and you will. You will. They'll turn on you because they want you all to be the same as themselves and have the same opinions. And when we're all fighting each other, it's much easier to manipulate vast groups of us and whole countries of us by a small minority at the top who are doing, making the, the, all the big decisions and guiding us along the real path that they've, they've planned for us. And um, talking about inoculations, though, I always thought it was interesting uh, that mothers were, were taught that the child will have a fever for a few days, maybe a couple of days, and it will pass, and then they'll be fine. And when you really look at where the fever was based in most of these inoculations, it's in the head, it's in the brain area. Now, inflammation of an organ generally kills off cells. And then you, you couple that with the writings of Arthur Kostler and others who work for these particular groups. In fact, it's been disclosed now, long after the fact, that he worked with MI5 and MI6, along with others, including Bertrand Russell. And, and Kessler mentions the fact that they'd have to destroy that part of the brain that gave the average person their individuality and their self-preservation and self-survival uh, instincts. They would not need it anymore because the state would be making all their decisions for them. Isn't that an interesting thing? Because oh, we're, we're seeing the effects of it now. Oh, yeah, and, uh, and that's exactly right. And, and these are people from my era in the 1957, 58, 59, and um, they, you know, between that and, and fluoridation, mm -hmm. which makes them really rather... Mm, so. <laughs> just so. Uh, you know, the reaction that I get from my peers, that age group, is, you know, how do you have time to even deal with this, and how do you know all this? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, how, you know, haven't you been paying attention for the last 50 years? Yeah, well, that's a scary thing, isn't it? You find, no, they really haven't. They really haven't. And it's just like whatever um, the media tells them, mm -hmm. they just go along with. That's and all they just, need to know, yeah. Yeah, and, and the brainwashing of, you know, you're just one person. You can't make a difference. Yes. You know, don't even try to fight this because it's much bigger than you. You don't have the money, you don't have um, the backing, and you'll be ostracized. Mm -hmm. And to which I respond, well, I don't care if I'm ostracized. I may not have the money. I may not have the bank, you know, the bank account, but I, I'm still going to say it. Yeah. And what they're really telling you is they don't care. That's what they're really telling you if you listen to them. Yeah. And, yeah. and the apathy part of it is just... Yeah. It's, it's, astounding. It's, it's scary to see the apathy, but again, too, I mean, I, I, I did a talk or a couple of talks on that very subject. Because, apathy? Uh, back again in the 50s and 60s with the big think tanks that worked for the governments, 
They said they would create a system where they would promote apathy amongst the population, and they've been very successful in doing it. They have done that. Well, they have, and and they've done it rather successfully. Uh, But for the few of us who, you know, have seen this for the sham that it is all along. Yeah. Well, the king uh, has no clothes. That's the bottom line. No. And the reason they're so terrified of the public is is just a matter of numbers, really. Uh, They're terrified of the public because... um, Long, long ago, they, 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 they discussed overpopulation. Now, overpopulation to the elite can be any figure they want it to be right. at a particular time. What, it, what they really mean is they're terrified of a magic number arriving where they simply cannot dictate to the public and make them do what they want them to do. Right, anymore. a number of people not willing to go along with the, the program. Yeah. yeah, because they see it as their world at the top. They're the dominant minority. They're hereditary classes and they own so much, and they see this as their world. And they have all the middle societies and the guardian class and all the rest of it, and they are the epitome of class distinction and snobbery at the top, elitism. And they truly do see this world as their world, and they believe they have the right to plan its future, where it's going to go, and that no one else down below um, has a say in the matter. Uh, It's not our place to have a say in the matter. Oh, you have the ruling elites and the peasants, and we're all the peasants. We're all the peasants. And and what I found interesting with um, regard to Benazar Bhutto's um, assassination was she was part of the ruling elite. Yep. And people are not seeing that. It's just like, oh, what a tragedy. She was going to bring democracy to Pakistan, and I'm, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. That was never her intention. No. It was no, just and, a cure. And again, what is democracy? I mean... We don't have democracy. No. And here we are pretending to to put this system across the planet for everyone else. We've never had democracy. It's been a sham since the beginning. And and Bhutto uh, was just back from the U.S. after spending a long time with top think tanks in the CIA to to fulfill her role. Now, whether she had other plans, who knows? But I'm sure there's big agencies behind her, her, her death. Well, I think that they, oh, definitely, but I think um, bottom line with um, Bhutto was the hope that she would allow a permanent military base in Pakistan. Yes, oh yeah. And I think Musharraf said, oh, I don't think so, and and took her out. Yeah. But I don't think that Bhutto held any promise that she wasn't that popular with, you know, the working class in Pakistan. No, they didn't trust her. They'd lost faith. Uh, and again, too, that's the thing, too. You know, the ones at the top, remember, the wealthy, uh, they still have or class those who work. That means anyone who's in the public eye who actually works as a worker right. bee. And they have no problem killing off uh, those ones uh, when required, uh, even to spark off a civil war, for instance. Exactly. So everyone who works for this uh, dominant minority... You might think you're up there, but if you're still a worker, in a sense, and doing their bidding, then they can dispose of you at any time they, they wish to without a question. Of course. I mean, uh, my suspicions lie in um, the death of Dennis Kucinich's brothers, brother um, last week. Yeah. Well, the brother, um, he did not come from a ruling class. Mm-hmm. His family was very poor. 
and yet he's where he is, yet the media ignores him, mm-hmm. um, kind of pushes him off to the side as some kind of lunatic fringe, yep. which is what they'll do to to anyone that has um, the drive to try and change something. Yes, that's right. Outside the agenda, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think he... He was outside of the agenda. Yep. He wants an office of peace. He wants an end of war. He wants um, a true investigation into 9-11. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that was a warning shot across his bow. It's like, you better shut up now. Yeah, yeah. As I say, again, to they direct the minds of the majority of the public. They don't even tell them who to listen to. If the experts come on and tell you and ridicule someone, it works well with the public. They won't listen to that particular individual. Yeah, they do what they're told. They're very obedient uh, slaves. Yeah. Very obedient. You've got um, the Democratic Party um, choosing who you get to vote for. You've got the Republican Party choosing who you get to vote for. And mm-hmm. there is no difference between the two parties. None at all. Which bunch of multimillionaires and lawyers do you want to vote for? You know? Exactly. Or which you know, thieves uh-huh. in this case. But, you know, you've got um, on top of that, you know, them the, them being the media or whoever um, the mouthpieces are at the moment, you know, dividing people on non-issues. Absolutely. And it's quite easy to do. Yeah. It's very easy to do. Yeah, it's, an, it's an old routine. It gets so monotonous listening to it with uh, health care, welfare, jobs and so on. The same old I, mantra. You and get well, to the, the, the point. Big, the big agendas for unification in the world, unification in America, so none of that's ever mentioned. None. And and the real issues are never ever mentioned. No. Ever. You know, no. are you are you pro, you know, life? Are you pro this or pro that? You know. That's right. And then to to stand there in in one of the so-called debates and ask, you know, what's your favorite Bible quote? Oh, I know. You could have you could have thrown me off my chair at that point. I, you know, they're so blatant. Oh, well, there's nothing they won't stoop to you. That's the whole point. There's nothing they won't stoop to. There's nothing no. low enough that they couldn't stoop to. And it wasn't it Karl Marx who said uh, religion is the opiate of the masses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Oh, yeah, it's true enough. And it doesn't matter what, even the New Agers have their religion, and they don't realize it is a religion, most of them. No. And uh, they're easily swayed as well. And it's not even new. It's not new at all. It's just old rehashes. They call it the perennial religion. They pull it out every few centuries. <laughs> and they think they're doing something, and they're not. I mean, no, all they're doing is practicing Hinduism, uh, and they don't even know it. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Well, thanks for calling in. Well, I thank you, Alan, and thank you for your show. It's one of those things I try not to miss. It's a pleasure. Yeah. All right. Take care. I've got Maggie from Texas there. You're there, Maggie. Hello, Maggie. Oh, hello. Uh, Gee, I I think I'd rather listen to the last caller than talk myself. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. um, She was talking, she started out by talking about vaccines and wondering out loud how she had escaped the ill effects. Uh, when so many others have suffered, and I think I'm probably about the same age, maybe even a little older, but thimerosal and so on was in vaccines even before I was born. And uh, 
I remember distinctly that in my childhood I had maybe three vaccinations or three vaccines. One was smallpox and one was tetanus and I don't remember what the third one was. It may have been diphtheria. Yeah. This was by the age of seven and then there was one booster shot at ten and that was it. Yeah. And uh when the polio vaccine came out, to my surprise, my mother said, no polio vaccine for you. Oh. And I didn't understand it. She had some sense that she just didn't want to go there. So well, we perhaps didn't... she knew something about Mr. Salk, the great hero uh, that was going to eradicate polio, because you go into his history, the man was the champion of the American Eugenics Society, and he had written many papers in their magazines about vastly reducing the population. Uh, and suddenly he turns around and gives us this wonderful vaccine to help the poor people. And uh, he was questioned on that in major newspapers at the time. Uh, and, of course, he said he, he just couldn't. Uh, it was a, a judgment that he didn't know how to really make, either to help kill them off or to help them. <laughs> and to help them just simply won over his better nature. That was the excuse we were given. Meanwhile, we found out there was over 100, 140 simian or live monkey viruses in every shot, including this, the, the, uh, the simian 40 virus, which has only one purpose, and that's to create cancers in people. They knew that at the time. Uh, yeah, I've only just started researching this, and I wanted to call your, you and... Uh your audience's attention to the fact, uh, to the book called Polio, an American Story. Have you heard about that? I've heard of it. I've probably read other documents along the same line, so I'm not familiar with, with the topic, yeah. Yeah, this one, this one just recently won the uh, Pulitzer Prize, and I haven't read it yet. I'm going to. Mm -hmm. um, I have heard, as far as polio goes, though, uh, not from this book, which I haven't read yet, but I've heard that actually polio was starting to be on the decrease by the time these vaccines came out due to, uh, I don't know, just more care, better health in general. Americans were healthy at that time, ate real well, food. Well, here's the big con. Uh, you see, what happened is polio tended to give you the same symptoms, and in fact they are the same symptoms as encephalitis and meningitis. Uh-huh. So they simply started having meningitis and encephalitis and didn't mention polio anymore. Oh, is that what happened? That's what happened, yeah. I see. Well, in, in any event, uh, the last thing I'll say is that I have heard that it was uh, <clears throat> FDR had either polio or something very similar to it, and he had some kind of, he had financial interest in a clinic that he patronized himself, but he also partly owned it. And he stood to make a lot of money by promoting polio and then promoting its cure. Yeah. You, so. you, mean, you mean you have presidents in the U.S. who are so unscrupulous as to mix business <laughs> with politics? <laughs> oh, well. Okay, well. Isn't that something, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah I'm sure it's a good read. And, uh, but if you look back to there's a lot of books out there, old books written by the American Eugenics Society. You'll find a lot of writings by the top people who ended up being the champions for inoculation in those books. And you, you read their points of view, and it will scare, really scare you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just starting to be aware of that. And uh, just one more point I want to make before getting off is that people today, it's hard to believe, but people have absolutely forgotten how much healthier we all were when we got 
two or three are no immunizations. Yes, you're absolutely right. You have a generation of kids who are just sick with everything in the books. And uh, when I went to school, there was there were no allergies, no asthma. No. Um, no. It was extremely extremely rare. Yeah. And and suddenly it came on the scene, and suddenly all the doctors that were getting turned out fresh from from the colleges, universities, were, were being told the latest that oh, suddenly it, and now it's common. So common is the norm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure is. Oh, are, you must be familiar with the work of uh, Donald Scott because he's in Sudbury and you've mentioned yes, Sudbury. Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, excellent books. Yeah. Yes, I've read his books. Okay. Well, Thanks. thank you, uh, Ellen. As usual, a great program. You take care, Maggie. Bye-bye. And we have Rick from California on the line. Are you there, Rick? Yes, yes, I'm here, Alan. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I wasn't going to call you, but I heard a dog barking on the last caller, and I wasn't sure if that was her. Was that Hamish barking? No, Hamish is much uh, louder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, because I was was concerned that something might be happening up there, that they might be, you know, the government might be doing something, so... Oh, they'd wait till the program was finished because we're Canadians up here. They do it more sophisticated, you know, more sophisticated, yeah. Oh, okay. They're politer before they kill you. Yeah. They'll let you finish. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I, that's, all, that's all. I was just concerned, you know. I was hoping, you know, my, my blood was like on end there for a second when I heard the dog bark. I never heard Hamish bark before, so... Yeah, Hamish has got a real loud, deep bark. It, it tends to shake the foundations of the house. Okay, Alan. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. I'll be back with more after these messages. Hi. I'm Alan Watt, cutting through the Matrix, and we only have two or three minutes to go. Just remind people that they can keep me going by buying the books I have on my website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And I have CDs, DVDs, and I don't have much time to put out much more stuff. That's part of the problem I have. I rush through life here. I hit the floor running in the mornings, and it's just go, go, go all day, just basically surviving. So this really is brought to you. This program is brought to you by yourselves, and I don't get paid for any of the shows I do. I could get paid, but I'd have to promote certain products and so on. That's how the industry runs. That's how this commercial system works. But I'd rather just give you the basic uh, reality of the world as it's happening and, and not get into the business side of it. So for those who can help keep me going, it's up to yourselves. And you can also uh, donate to help me keep going as well. Because this really is is becoming a full-time job. And apart from running back and forth to post offices and packaging things and sending them off and all this kind of stuff and and dealing with people on the phone, it doesn't leave much time for anything else at all. And then there's the uploading at night. And since the satellite system is now owned by Hughes of the big military-industrial complex fame, they've cut back my uploading speed so twice that of dial-up, which apparently they're allowed to do under the contract. Have you noticed these contracts they give you for all the programs on the Internet? You don't have a right at all on anything. You're buying something and having no rights whatsoever. And not only that, they can take everything from you even though you bought it. It's kind of like if you went to a gardening store to buy a spade, 
and you have to fill out all this documentation on the conditions of how and where and when you'll use the spade. I mean, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? And yet we're getting all conditioned into having no rights whatsoever on the, the products we buy to do with the Internet. What a farce. A complete, utter farce. But again, the power always lies in the hands of the public, because if the public said, well, that's it, and all shut it down, they'd be on their knees begging for you to start using it again. Same with gasoline. If we all stop going to work for a week, you see some very rapid decisions happen in governments and within corporations, but we don't use that because we're not unified, something that the government's worked very hard to make sure that we're not unified. And you'd find amongst your own people those that would go along with it anyway, uh, and let you all down. That's what they count on. So for those who want me to keep going, you can certainly help to keep me going because I can't live on fresh air or cold air or humid air, depending on the, the season of the year. But we're going through into the next year, and this next year is going to be pretty, pretty hectic with more and more uh, incredible laws getting passed everywhere across the planet, affecting our lives in, in very intimate ways now. Uh, they've stopped uh, pretending that uh, they serve us at the top or even at local level. Uh, we are now the slaves and servants to them, and they're dictating to us. And all you need is one generation to grow up in a totalitarian regime where your life is planned for you from birth to death, and then the next generation will think it's all quite normal uh, that you have no private or privacy of your own in your private life. That's what it's all about. Unfortunately, again, it's always up to the few in every generation uh, to, to do the work that's necessary and pass on the information as well and to make the complaints and to let the big boys know that we know what's going on. It's always up to the few. Otherwise, this regime would have been rammed through a long time ago. We're here to make sure we can deflect it off into another way. From myself and Hamish up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.